0: Hi, I'm Zoe, and I'm a witch.
1: And I'm Andrew, a highway engineer.
0: Welcome to our podcast, Graveyard Dirt, where we discuss all things witchy from both a practitioner and non-practitioner point of view. At the start of every episode, we go over a tarot card in no particular order, what Andrew's initial interpretation of that card is, and then I share mine. Are you ready?
1: Yep, I'm set. What do you got?
0: All right, sticking to a theme, today's card is... The moon. In a traditional Rider Waite Smith deck, the moon card is depicted as a moon in no particular phase, illuminating a path. On either side of the path is a wolf and a dog. At the end of the path is a pond in which a crawfish is crawling out of. We can also see two towers on either side of the path in the distance.
1: So I'm seeing all that. I see the moon. I see the two towers set back into the sides, and then a wolf. And a wiener dog and then a crawfish in the pond. So I'm getting all that. Um maybe the towers are a gateway. Maybe the wolf and the wiener dog are guardians of the gateway. Maybe like good and evil, you know? And I guess we're the crawfish, just trying to make our way through.
0: We're the crawfish. We're leaving our
1: pond. We're going on an adventure, like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> we gotta go past the guardians, kind of like um I think it was Yu-Gi-Oh, where there's, like, the red guardian and the blue guardian.
0: Okay, and he has have- to make his
1: way through the labyrinth. Similar stuff.
0: <laughs> so now we have Dora and we have Yu-Gi-Oh all in one card. And a little bit of D&D, am sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see this being an adventure. <laughs> I'm game.
0: If that card came up in a reading, what would you take it as a message of?
1: Beware the wolf, but the wiener dog is your friend, because it's pointing to the moon. And there's a gate that you have to pass through.
0: And if you had to put that into, like, mundane action.
1: Do your best. <laughs> I'm just doing my best like that crawfish.
0: We'll see making how it goes. Making your way down the path.
1: Yeah, making my way downtown. Yeah, walking fast. Um, like that girl on the piano.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, you tell me what it means.
0: Well, to me, this card represents sleep or the dream realm. Occasionally, I can see it as anxiety or that, like, in-between feeling. Um, There's a lot of symbolism alluding to duality. You have the towers as good versus evil, the dog and wolf as tame versus wild. And when this card comes up in a reading, I take it as a sign that something needs to be illuminated or is being hidden slash forgotten. I also take it as a reminder to pay attention to our dreams and our psychic abilities allowing us to not just recognize the unknown but also take the opportunity to explore it
1: and what part of it makes you feel like there's something you've forgotten
0: the moon is like casting light on something that would normally be dark or not seen so it's showing you things that would often be missed
1: so it would have to be like a full moon to really be illuminating the pathway
0: I mean I guess so it's the moon is always some light
1: is it different when you pull it based off of the moon cycle like if it's a, moon, a new moon cycle and there's not light would you read it as different than if you were in like a full moon or a three-quarter
0: uh I don't know that I'd ever I don't want to say never but I don't think that my brain typically goes straight to the actual physical moon when I see the moon card
1: that's the first thing I would think of <laughs> <laughs> it says the moon.
0: Well, typically on it. in a reading, I'm thinking about more like a emotional or energetic state than like what the actual moon is doing, which I guess is still also energetic or emotional. So
1: yeah, I don't know. I guess independent of that, do you ever do like? new moon readings versus full
0: moon readings like specifically yeah and then I have a whole spread of questions but that's going to be focusing more on what the phase is what the energy that phase brings and then I break it off into questions based off of that I'm not just gonna pull a card I mean I guess I could just pull a card and be like what's the moon got to say today which sometimes I incorporate that in a reading as like an extra card like what does The moon wants us to know.
1: Yeah, tell me about the moon. moon's haunted. All right, so what do you want to talk about today? The moon. (laughs) Who could have guessed? (laughs) Alright, tell me about the moon.
0: Specifically the new moon. Okay, are you smarter than a fifth grader? No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it was always terrible at the... I always wanted to, like, play along with that TV show, and then...
1: That was rigged. They were just, like...
0: I think I was a fifth grader at one point during the TV show. And I was like, yeah, didn't yeah, learn that.
1: <laughs> no, they thought there's good special things.
0: Okay, we're sidetracked. Anyways, can you list all the moon phases? No.
1: Um, but I know there's a new moon and then it waxes to a full moon. And then it wanes back to the new moon. So I know the process. I'm sure there's like different phases in between there, like quarter moon, half moon. Like, stuff like that, I don't know what they're called.
0: Do you know how many phases there are?
1: Got to be a dozen or so, right?
0: There are eight.
1: Like, a dozen or so?
0: So Sure. They go new moon, Mm -hmm. waxing crescent, first quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, third quarter, waning crescent. And you're waning and you're waxing, you're thinking waxing on, like wax on, wax off. Yeah you're waxing on and then you're waning is like, you're like weaning a baby. Yep. So you're getting
1: smaller. And then what does gibbous have to do with the moon? Is that just the name that someone gave it?
0: That is, I believe the way that the crescent is facing.
1: So would the first quarter crescent be on the opposite side of the third quarter crescent? Like the way that, like the crescents would be shaped in opposite directions.
0: Yes. Well, like no. as the
1: shadow moves across it, or is it always on the same?
0: Your crescent is always in the same position, and then your gibbus is always in the same position. Huh. Like they don't change sides. They are specific phases. Right. Okay. I don't think I'm understanding your question.
1: I don't think I'm understanding the question either, but. Hmm. So, yeah, they are on different sides. I see the picture.
0: Well, yes, your gibbous is on one side and your crescent is on the other side.
1: No, I was asking if, like, the first crescent and, like, the waxing crescent. That's your
0: first quarter.
1: Okay, your first quarter would be on the opposite side from your last quarter, your third quarter. Yes,
0: your third quarter is going to be on your left and your first quarter is going to be on your right because Always.
1: the reason that you get the phase of the moon is because of the rotation around the earth and the way that's throwing a shadow on the moon is that right so yes. like the shadow is crossing in front of it kind of yes and then how does an eclipse work into that there's like solar eclipses and lunar eclipses are Correct. they special like in in terms of moon practices are those special times that you would maybe do like a
0: special spell yes what because they all carry their own energy And there's a whole controversy over lunar eclipses and if you should be practicing magic during that time or if you shouldn't.
1: Is that like a closed practice or just like some evil stuff?
0: That's just like gatekeeping.
1: Uh, Gatekeepers. We're (laughs) gatecrashers here.
0: Okay. So moon phases. We have that down.
1: Eight of them. Yes.
0: Eight of them. Exactly. Um, The new moon is the first phase, obviously.
1: It's new. That's when it's dark. There's no no light.
0: So the sun and the moon are at the same elliptical longitude, aka the sun is behind the moon. And so therefore it's backlit and nothing's illuminating it, making it dark.
1: Right. Okay. I see that. Yep. I can see.
0: And there's also something observed in some magical practices like my own called the dark moon.
1: Wait, would that be a lunar eclipse though? When the moon is in front of the sun?
0: So in layman terms, the dark moon is when the moon is at 0%. It's dark. It, there Yes, no moon. Yeah. Uh, thus, it is dark, and the new moon would be the following day or hour uh, when the moon is that tiny little baby sliver, a.k.a. a new moon.
1: The 1%, like barely yep. crescent. Yep. Thing.
0: So I observe the dark moon as a time to reflect and reset, and the new moon as that taking off point, a launching pad. And scientifically, I guess I would make my dark moon the astrological new moon, if that makes sense. I, I just like add, that. it's like an extra phase.
1: Yeah, just for funsies, just throw it in there. Ninth phase at zero yeah. percent. Just
0: girly thing. One
1: hundred. <laughs> so, moon water. When you put the water outside under the moon, does it have? Is it imposed with different effects based off of the moon? Phase like a new moon versus a full moon versus like something in between,
0: yes. So you can have full moon water, new moon water, waxing gibbous water, storm water, lightning water,
1: and they seem they do different things, yes,
0: because they it's essentially taking on the energy of that moon phase or that time or whatever's happening in that moment, uh, into the water itself.
1: So, you know, in like Harry Potter, um like the third or the fourth one where they have that pensive right and they're using it to scry or they're using it to like divine
0: okay yeah scrying
1: would you ever use like new moon water in some sort of pensive type device or like a a shallow dish yeah because that seems like something that would that seems to like coincide with like reflection and then doing it like that
0: so i would specifically yeah i could do that and i would specifically pick a phase of the water of what I was trying to divine for. So, I guess if I was looking for introspection, maybe like I'm trying to come up with an example, <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking so. Like, I guess sticking with the new moon, if I was trying to divine on uh, a new project that I'm working on or something that I want to manifest and start taking steps and action towards. I would use new moon water in my scrying.
1: Okay. Okay. And kind of on the same page, but parallel, when you create like a, when you use ingredients for a spell, right? Sometimes you'll put them in water or like an oil or an alcohol solution. I know there's different words for that. Would you ever use those as like the solution?
0: For your spell, can you start that over again?
1: Say you have a jar, I have a jar, and you want to do a spell of some sort where you put ingredients into the jar.
0: I'm making a spell jar.
1: A spell jar, would you ever put water in that?
0: Yes, you can.
1: And would you use, could you also use like an alcohol or um, an oil?
0: Or is it, yeah, people use oils because they have different correspondences, and then people might put alcohol or um. Like witch hazel and stuff like that to prolong the things from inside from rotting. But it's not necessary. I mean, a spell jar is you're going to empty out. or.
1: Oh, it's not something you keep forever?
0: No. I mean, you can make ones that you do keep forever, but...
1: I was just wondering if, like, the moon magic imparted in the water, if you would ever use that as part yeah, of the spell. Yeah, you could use
0: moon water in your spell jar. You don't just drink it. I mean, you could just drink it. Keep it in the fridge, take a sip.
1: Yeah. Nice and frosty. Live forever. Right. Okay.
0: I'm joking, but no, you really can.
1: (laughs) Right. And uh, you'd want to be careful with the type of water that you keep around your house. You wouldn't want full moon water in your house because it might attract werewolves. Yes? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying you're afraid to keep new full moon water in your house because
1: Werewolves. That would be one of my concerns. Yes.
0: There's full moon water downstairs.
1: All right. Well, we got to get rid of that.
0: (laughs) Werewolves. Is werewolves like one of those, like that TikTok trend that's like, oh, um, our biggest fear happened in 2023 and like it shows like younger self and it's like we got sucked up by an automatic flush? Is yours werewolves?
1: I saw this Goosebumps movie when I was like seven or eight years old, and there was a werewolf that was like digging its way through the roof, and it was terrifying. So yeah, (laughs) I would say that I'm scared of werewolves, and rightfully so.
0: (laughs) Do you remember that time we were sitting on the trampolines outside, and I howled like a wolf, and you were afraid you were going to get eaten?
1: Yes. Because I heard more wolf sounds coming from the woods, and I was on crutches at the time because I sliced up in my foot and I couldn't run. So yeah, I would have been like bait. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you think I'm just baiting you outside?
1: Baiting the wolves, but with me, yeah.
0: Mm. I, I don't think werewolves are... It's kind of like um, quicksand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not really a problem.
1: Well, unless you're stuck in quicksand. <laughs> come on okay yeah generally speaking i'm not that worried about it i am more worried about sinkholes under our roadways because those are a problem
0: that does sound like a problem
1: yeah they swallow cars and people new fear yeah yeah watch out for drainage inlets especially after a storm (laughs) actually you know when the water is rushing fast enough and the water level rises you get pipe flotation and there's a chance that these big pipes will just burst out of the ground because they're more buoyant than the area around them and it just rips out entire like culverts under roadways so if you want to be scared about something there's something to be scared about pipe flotation that's also why you keep your in-ground pool filled in the winter because if you don't and the water level rises. Now you have this huge air cavity and it could just pop out of the ground.
0: Well, there you go. That's Andrew's fact of the day. And that's the end of our episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Later, Gator.
0: I'm kidding. Uh, but that is terrifying. Uh, yeah. That's why we don't have a pool. Okay. Moving on? Yeah. Yeah, that's next? why we don't have a pool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Actually, it's a really good point, you bringing up the... Goosebumps story. It's kind of interesting how the moon tends to follow us as especially as a child and it's something that intrigues you and catches your attention. I know that our five-year-old is definitely in that phase where she's constantly asking, where is the moon? Why is the moon? What is it doing? Why can she see it when it's daytime? etc. etc.
1: Why can we see it when it's daytime?
0: That's a good question. It is
1: very good question. (laughs)
0: Well, it made me think of a story actually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I was a kid and we were driving in the car, I remember looking outside and noticing that the moon was following us. The car was driving and the moon was going with it. It was obviously That's terrifying. How was that terrifying? Werewolves. It was oh my gosh. Well, I decided to question this, which My dad responded with an answer that was very unlike him and he gave me this long, pretty, it's because you're so beautiful and the moon just wants to see you kind of answer. Yeah, I don't think he said that. He did. (laughs) (laughs) But like I said, that was very unlike him and what was even more unlike my parents is that my mother quickly interjected and shot down this magical concept, explaining how we shouldn't lie to her, her being me, and started explaining, like, some scientific reasoning behind why it seemed like the moon was following me. Which I didn't really listen to because it wasn't as cool as I, me being beautiful. So. Her scientific
1: reason was probably that the moon was following her. And since you are like, genetically half her, that sometimes it's following you, but not really actually following you.
0: Yeah, I don't That's know. That's probably
1: it. That seems pretty scientific to me.
0: Sure. <laughs> What was even cooler is looking back as an adult on that story and saying, like, why not? Why not both? Why do we have to put such a hard line between magic and quote-unquote science? So why can't it be the two complementing one another? Because they do. Magic and science do complement each other in so many ways. And it kind of turns into this, like, aren't we just arguing the same concept?
1: I could kind of see that. like. A super full moon is pretty magical but it also leads to really high tides which could flood people out so that's science just the way that the moon works with the tides
0: I mean astrology in general it makes my brain buzz because I honestly don't understand half of it and that is because it is so science-based which is awesome Uh, but it definitely is a lot (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, so props to the people that know all the astrological stuff and astro- astronomical stuff astronomy yeah yes
1: yeah the study of stars yes right yes which they just have that new telescope out there the new iteration of the hubble telescope where they got like the cleanest pictures of the outer galaxies that they've ever had
0: i didn't know this
1: yeah it's pretty slick
0: So, can you guess what moon phase we're in right now?
1: Let me look outside. It's dark. Is it close to the new moon?
0: So, actually, this was perfectly timed. It's almost like I did it on purpose. But as we speak, the new moon for this month is set to be tomorrow, January 21st.
1: All right. Listen to the podcast. Get your jars out. Fill them with water. Maybe it'll rain tomorrow. Who knows? Otherwise, get whatever tap water you've got and get some new moon water going. Sure. But make sure you're on time.
0: I mean, <laughs> make sure you're on time. Because you're
1: going to miss it. It's like that Fair Bueller's Day off thing. If you don't take the time to look around, you might miss
0: something. So it's really funny that you say that because new moons are my jam. There's so much hype around full moons. And honestly, I just usually end up with a headache and I forget. It's even a full moon, and I go to sleep, and I wake up from a terrible night's sleep to be like, "Oh,
1: that was why." Yeah, people are crazy during the full moon. I don't understand it, and our kids sleep like crap, and it's
0: they sleep with like crap all the time. I know,
1: but it's maybe I just sleep like crap on the full moon, and I recognize that they do too. <laughs> but I
0: no, it's definitely you get a a people thing.
1: driving like freaking nut jobs out there.
0: It's definitely a thing.
1: People feel it, but because if they're you werewolves. do
0: forget, no, you're not down and out. So. If you're listening to this and it actually is the 21st. How dare you? <laughs> it's okay. You you have time. Because, in fact, there's this really cool thing called the triple goddess phase. So, it gives you not one, not two.
1: Let me guess. Three.
0: Three Later. days to work with the, the moon phase.
1: So, like the day before, the day of, the day after.
0: So, it's actually really cool. The triple goddess is broken into three phases obviously. The maiden, the mother, and the crone. And it's most commonly connected to the goddess Hecate, but you may also hear it in reference to Demeter or Persephone as well. And that's where it branches off and it gets a little confusing because you have the triple goddess to represent three completely separate phases. Maiden being the new moon, mother being the full moon, and crone crescent
1: moon. So you don't really have three chances to deal with the new moon, you have three chances to deal with the moon?
0: Wait, so the same symbolism can represent a specific moon phase or a window of time to work with said moon phase. So no, if you're going to be busy on the actual day of the moon uh, and you want to work with that energy, you actually have 24 hours before, if you can plan ahead, uh, and 24 hours after to engage with said energy.
1: And if you miss it, it's only like 29 and a half days away because once in a blue moon, it's not really uncommon.
0: Yes. So, You'll get another new moon And that probably. was like a mind explosion moment for me as a child to realize that like blue moons weren't this like hugely rare thing. And yeah. that it actually is quite common. <laughs> I mean,
1: 12 times a year. I mean, it's kind of common, but not super common. Yeah. Kind of like the millennium. Yeah. Y2K, you know, the uprising of electronics. Your brother <laughs> missed that one. Lucky him.
0: I have a baby brother, yes. Um, And then if you want to dig even deeper, every month's moon phase is not only connected to a different astrological sign, but it comes with its whole own bag of stuff.
1: What's this month's?
0: So January 21st, to be specific, is the new moon in Aquarius, which adds to its sense of gentleness and self-awareness, ultimately being a reminder to not put so much pressure on ourselves.
1: There's a lot of pressure in the new year, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely.
1: So don't do too much of it.
0: So magically, what would you associate the new moon phase with?
1: A fresh start. Yep, it's new, like a baby. Um, they're fresh. That's it. Darkness. Um, night terrors.
0: Night terrors.
1: Terror in the night. Maybe not night terrors.
0: Terror in the night. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of places to hide out there.
0: Are you really scared of the dark? I really don't like it. What? Love the dark.
1: Yeah, I know you do,
0: weirdo. I can't sleep with any light on. No. Not I'm okay
1: sleeping. I sleep really well. <laughs> That's not a problem for me. But when I'm awake and it's dark, I don't like that.
0: Is this why I have to go downstairs when we hear spooky noises in the night?
1: It's because I'm asleep and That's you're a lie. hearing things. That's usually Buckley barking at. So we have a record stand, right? Like a, a shelf on the wall that was records and it fell, obviously, because I put the screws in. <laughs> and there's one screw in our wall. It's a black screw on the white wall. And That dog, like once every other week, thinks it's a bug and just sits here and whines and barks at it (laughs) for like way too long, not hours, but like 15 minutes. He'll sit here until I like pick him up, take him over to it. And he realizes it's not a bug. And then he's okay for another half a moon cycle.
0: I think it should be noted that when you say you pick him up, it's not like he's like a Yorkie or a Chihuahua or something. This is like a 30-something pound Shiba Inu. He's
1: a round boy. Yeah. There's got to be a picture on the interweb somewhere.
0: (laughs) I'm sure there is. But no, you you were on track except for the sidetrack dog thing. Like the name suggests, the new moon is often associated with new beginnings. It's a great time for self-reflection and goal setting. This is your fresh start. Plant seeds both literally and metaphorically.
1: So what else is the moon connected to? Are there any like relationships between it and other things or there's got to be?
0: So correspondences is honestly. Yes, correspondences. That's (laughs) it. It's honestly an episode all on its own. And as you saw at the end of our last episode, and we'll do it again today, they can be very personal as well as textbook. But some basic off the cuff correspondences, I'd say, are crystals and herbs. Specifically, clear quartz—it's the jack of all trades. You can use it for everything.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: two more. I give you rose quartz, a go-to for self-care and healing. Great for this time. And then peacock ore, which is gonna give you that ignite, that ignition, um, igniting a drive for action and alignment with your intentions as you plant those new seeds for the new moon.
1: Okay. I can see that, so what about a moonstone? Why is that not a correspondence?
0: I mean, you could use that too, I just wanted to be different.
1: Sure, <laughs> you're special.
0: <laughs> and then you have your herbs. Uh, personally, I'd pick chamomile, it's very relaxing, especially as you're setting up for this like new journey. Yeah, reset. Um, and then probably up for purifying, something to cleanse and get ready for your next set of phases. And then probably finish off with basil, I some like basil. attraction, especially for money and abundance. Yep. Always a fun, fan of money magic.
1: Does it also keep bugs out of your garden? Maybe.
0: Basil, lavender, chamomile all those things. Really good for warding bugs. Debugging. Sure. And then finally, I just finish off with some like breath work, intention setting, uh, something on a broader spectrum, so not so specific. Some journaling, figuring out your new projects, taking action. And that's pretty much what you're looking at for this moon phase.
1: For this one specifically. The for moon the moon. new
0: moon phase, yes.
1: Gotcha. I can see that. that all make sense.
0: So are you prepared to take on the new moon?
1: No. I have not prepared anything. I have my pub <laughs> mix. That's all I've got. We went to Costco today. So I think we might be ready for the next week.
0: All right. Before Andrew hits us with what I'm hoping is a crazy cool fact,
1: we uh, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> I already dropped all my cool facts earlier about pipe flotation.
0: All right. Well, let's take a look at a single word, place, item, animal, etc., cool. and give what our personal correspondences would be and why. Sure. So you ready? Yep. Today we have. The element tin. Tin? Tin.
1: Where'd you come up with that?
0: I opened the book, and that was the first word, tin.
1: Okay, that's like alphabetically near the back, right? Oh, you just open it randomly. Yes. And that's what you looked at? Yes. Okay, yeah.
0: Give me your correspondences.
1: Um, we used to have tin snips in the garage, um, tin cups, Maybe someone in jail with that cup that rattles on the bars.
0: These are tin things.
1: They are tin things.
0: Tin correspondences.
1: Uh, I know nothing about tin. I'm guessing...
0: Anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly about tin. What does tin make you think of? Okay, it makes you think of the guys in jails. And so then what does... What kind of energy or feeling does that provoke? Does it help if I show you my process? No. Nope.
1: No. Um... Soft, uh, a cup for holding things, um, special tools to cut it. Wasn't there something about, like, a cat on a tin roof or, like, a...
0: Cat on a hot tin roof.
1: Yeah. So it definitely attracts cats. <laughs> um, that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Cats, cup, soft.
0: I like it. I think of the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's a good one. And so I think, like... Gentle, I think having hope. I think um
1: no heart, heartless?
0: Luck, because he gets a heart. Oh. Uh, and secrets. Yeah. Squeegee. So those would be my correspondences. I'd probably incorporate tin in something if I needed luck or if I needed to. Yeah, probably luck and hope would be the big ones. Yeah.
1: So maybe the Grinch had some tin on him when his heart grew a few sizes? Perhaps just, you know, a little bit of luck and hope for the Christmas spirit.
0: Perhaps. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm feeling it. It makes sense now. All right. I have a fact. Hit me with it. So, this is something that I knew about a while ago. I think I learned about National Geographic or something. But I said a little bit more research into it recently. So, I come with a good fact. And I fell down this insane rabbit hole. Of information. So I'm going to give you like
0: Sounds the like quick you.
1: tidbits. Temperature dependent oh, sex.
0: Did you just say tidbits?
1: Tidbits. Okay. Tin bits.
0: The tin bits. Yeah.
1: So tep- temperature dependent sex determination.
0: What? Oh, like a crocodile?
1: Yes, like a crocodile. Actually, most reptilians and some fish. Right. So like at a certain <laughs> stage of the developmental process in an egg, the temperature has an impact on whether it's gonna be a male or female. And there's a couple different ways this works. Some of it is like at a low temperature, it's male, for example, and at a high temperature, it's female. But then there's another type that at the extremes, it's male, and then the middle, is female. So say like male at low temperature, female in the middle, and then male at high temperature. Okay. Anyway. I was wondering how this relates to climate change, right?
0: Okay. Because
1: as overall temperatures are increasing across the globe, wouldn't that are you trying to
0: theorize that then there are more of one specific gender? Because that's what I was worried
1: about, right? Because if that happens, worried
0: are you losing sleep?
1: I could be. No, I sleep really well. (laughs) But now I might be because if the temperature is increasing, now you're going to lean towards that higher range. Which is then going to skew the gender ratio, right? Is it You'd want to have fifty Is this a theory? That is a possibility, an eventuality. Okay. So currently, they're finding that these species that have this temperature-dependent development, they are nesting earlier in the year when, like, it's cooler than they would have been, so that they maintain that so effective they're
0: evolving temperature to breed at a more stable time
1: yes i don't know if it would be evolution because it's not over like a long period of time but their their habits are definitely changing right which is
0: essentially evolution correct
1: i i'd have to look up the definition of evolution to categorize it like that but they're breeding earlier in the year but also the location of their nesting is changing like at highlands versus lowlands depending on where the temperature might be warmer or cooler for that time of year. So not only are they breeding at different times, but they're breeding at different locations. And so far they're doing okay. They're maintaining their, their gender ratio, but at some point they're not going to be able to go much further. Right. And then climate change or the global warming aspect of it is going to outpace their ability to facilitate this effective breeding efforts. So at some point they might go extinct. Fun fact.
0: Terrifying fact.
1: Yeah. And like I said, that's... You're afraid
0: of the dark?
1: Most reptiles and then like 90% of fish.
0: Aren't you also really afraid of reptiles?
1: I'm not a fan of birds.
0: I thought it was snakes.
1: I also don't really care for snakes. But birds really get me. I don't like that they don't blink. (laughs) They blink? Not enough. They got beady (laughs) eyes. You don't know where they're looking. Anyway. We're not worried about birds right now. They'll survive. (laughs) We're talking about the reptiles and the fish.
0: So how do you fall down a rabbit hole like this? And what lists are you on now?
1: I like animals. So like there's a whole list of what kind of animals this affects. Mm -hmm. Right. It just says reptiles. And then some sort of type of fish, which is most fish. But I was like, okay, well, what? Reptiles. And it's like 100% of the crocodilian species.
0: Is that what it's called? Crocodilian? Yeah. (laughs) Are you bluffing? (laughs) No. (laughs) Carry on. Well, that's it. Oh.
1: Yeah. Huh. But it's interesting because these are the only species that are affected by this like environmental factor when they're determining the gender of their offspring. I thought that was cool.
0: That's kind of terrifying.
1: Like you and me, like humans, mammals, there's like chromosomes that go into this, but There's like a specific chemical that's in the egg as it's being developed that like goes into high gear depending on what the temperature is. And that's what dictates whether it it becomes, starts growing female organs and at that point it's female.
0: So does this affect chickens?
1: Are they reptiles? I
0: don't know. Are they? They're related to dinosaurs? they're not reptiles. Uh, They're not reptiles. Uh, Reptiles are cold-blooded. Yes. Okay. But they're related to dinosaurs, which are dinosaurs reptiles. I'm not saying that chickens are reptiles. Let's please put that out there before i sound ridiculous but
1: i think we should too late too late for that
0: <laughs> all righty fun facts fun facts
1: cool trick cool trick
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> uh five points if you get that reference yeah Alrighty. well thank you for listening and don't forget to let us know what you think or something you'd like to listen to us discuss or ramble about and until next time Bye.
1: Later, gator.